How in the hell? I don't even know what that means. How the hell? How in the hell does that work? The Supreme Court? How in the hell? The appellate jurisdiction? Yeah, I'm gonna need you to explain that to me. Hey y'all, it's Camera Whatever, and this is How in the Hell the U.S. Functions. Today, we have Kidra Guapo, a.k.a. Kidrin, on the line. What's going on, y'all? And I will be explaining to him how in the hell a case gets to the Supreme Court of the United States, a.k.a. SCOTUS, a.k.a. that damn court. Um, so, <laughs> the Supreme Court is the head of the judicial, which is the court branch of the federal government. So all these other courts fall underneath it, which it goes district courts, circuit courts, then Supreme Court. And that's on the federal side. On the state side, you've got state trial court, uh, typically the state court of appeals, and then the state Supreme Court. And then that can go to the Supreme Court of the United States. So the main purpose of the Supreme Court is to make sure that laws are not violating the Constitution, which is our main piece of paper that establishes the government, gives us basic certain rights, and, you know, gives us fundamental laws. So, Kedrian, we're going to learn the word jurisdiction today. Okay. So, jurisdiction means that a court has the power or authority to hear a case. So, every case no matter where you're at or in any court, the court has to have jurisdiction over the case. So our constitution establishes two ways for the Supreme Court to have jurisdiction. The first is original jurisdiction, which is blatantly just like written out in the constitution. The founding fathers said like, yo, this is what's up. If a state versus a state are arguing, if the federal government versus a state, a foreign state versus a state, the Native American tribes versus a state, then guess what? You're going straight to the Supreme Court. They've got original jurisdiction. The founding fathers just like laid it out that way. The way that most cases get to the Supreme Court, though, is through appellate jurisdiction. So an appeal is when a party requests that a higher court reverses a decision of a lower court. So for the court to exercise their appellate jurisdiction, most of the time it's going to be the losing party from a United States circuit court, which is that tier right before the United States Supreme Court in the federal government. But it can come from a state Supreme Court if you're coming up the state letter. So once you have the jurisdiction box checked off, then it just takes the loser at either the circuit court or the state Supreme Court level to petition for a writ of certiorari, a.k.a petition for cert. So this is just a formal request for the Supreme Court to hear the case. So for cert to be granted, you have to have four out of the nine justices on the court vote in favor of your case coming to the Supreme Court. Okay. So there's three categories of cases that are typically going to be voted like most scholars that follow the Supreme Court, if it's one of these three categories, it's like, okay, the court will likely take those cases. So 
Our first category is when a case of national importance like Bush v. Gore happens. So in that case, the court stepped in to help determine who had won the 2000 presidential election. That case is really detailed. I'm not going to go into it per se on this episode. But if you look up Bush v. Gore, you'll see, oh, this was pretty fucking nationally important because it's who the president is. I definitely remember Bush v. Gore. That's Bush awesome because, like, <laughs> I do not. I'm yeah. definitely a child. He cheated in Florida. Jeb Bush, yada, yada, yada. so your second categories of case that'll get to a court is when a lower court issues a ruling that invalidates a federal law so for example a case kind of under this umbrella is a case called gonzalez v raish so in this case there's a california woman miss raish Mm-hmm. And she challenged a federal drug law after the feds came and ran up in her shit and destroyed all her medicinal weed plants. Mm. So she went to the district court and the district court was like, yeah, you know, federal law prevails, whatever. So she appealed and went to the Ninth Circuit, the circuit court. This court was like, hey, you know what? We actually... Agree with the woman, with Miss Rach. Like, she should be able to grow her medical marijuana. So, this ruling basically was saying, like, you know, if you're in the California state and you're following the state medicinal marijuana laws, then don't even fear federal prosecution, even though it's illegal by the federal government. Oh, wow. So, that don't even sound right. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So basically, during this point, it's like this court or this circuit was saying, like, if you kind of fall within our circuit branch, you know, you're good. But, you know, if you're a medicinal marijuana user that was in Florida or New York, then you were still banned by the federal government. So the Supreme Court overruled the Ninth Circuit in that case and was like, hey, federal drug laws can apply to local marijuana use. So medicinal marijuana users can be prosecuted under federal law, even though they can't be under state law. So that's where we're at for all my people that are in like the legalized states with like weed, but it's like federally. Anytime that they want to sweep in, they can sweep in. Exactly. Come, come for your ass. Like poor Miss Ray. She was just trying to, trying to handle her anxieties, you know? Damn, damn, damn. (laughs) So that is an example of a case getting to a court where a lower court just completely invalidates a federal law. So you see cases like that, it's likely the court will vote to take it. So the last category is when a court accepts a case in order to resolve a split decision in the lower courts. So this one, a good example, is Obergefell v. Hodges. So in this case, the Sixth Circuit ruled that, you know, they banned same-sex marriages. That ruling conflicted with rulings in other circuits that upheld same-sex marriages, the right to a same-sex marriages, let me say it that way. So, because what's all an issue was the, in this case was, you know, did the federal constitution grant a right for same-sex marriages? Because, you know, they've already had marriage cases in the past dealing with, like, 
interracial marriages because that was illegal. The U.S. Constitution or excuse me, the Supreme Court said, like, bruh, that's you got to let them live. Right. So basically, does the federal constitution give you this right? So you have people that are in Ohio as same sex and they can't get married. But if you're in Pennsylvania, just a whole different little district or state, then you can. So the court resolved that split by ruling in favor of Obergefell, who was a same sex, who was in a same sex relationship. And they said same sex marriage extends nationwide. So that's where you've got a split decision with the lower courts kind of like, well, if you're, you know, your, your national laws, you want it to apply everywhere the same and not people hopping around kind of from state to state because the federal law applies one way here, but differently here. Right. So those are the three typical categories where a case is going to go to the Supreme Court. But ultimately, the rule of not, or excuse me, the rule of four is what governs. So you have to have four justices out of the nine agree that your case should come up to the Supreme Court. And there's about 8,000 cases that get petitioned to go to the Supreme Court, and they're only choosing 80. Oh, <laughs> 1%. They're like, hey, look, man, this shit better be important. Yeah, yeah this shit better be important. Damn. And Damn. 80 cases. So, so in a calendar year, the Supreme Court is only trying to see 80 cases? Is that what that means, or am I interpreting that wrong? Basically, yes. Wow. In their term years, it's not necessary. It doesn't go by calendar yeah. necessarily, but yeah, and like they're okay. in a their year term of the there. Supreme Court. Got you. In their term, they're gonna hear like eighty cases. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That is that is something that I never would have thought because I'm thinking like yo, if you. On the Supreme Court, but the, I guess that's why anytime something goes to the Supreme Court, it's like, yo, this shit is in the Supreme Court, like, because they're exactly. not seeing that many cases. Why? Wow. Okay, wow, I've never thought about that. Yeah, so that's why. So the losing party, whether you're in the state Supreme Court and you lost and you're appealing to the Supreme Court, or you're in the in a circuit court and you lost and you want to go to the Supreme Court, so the losing party has to file their petition, but the the other party, the winning party, doesn't even necessarily have to respond because 8,000 8, petitions are going. Right. So if the court really wants to know, they'll, like, reach out and ask you. And, I mean, I'm personally an advocate of, like, if the Supreme Court cares what I have to say, I'm going to respond. Okay. But you really you really don't even have to because it's a 1% chance. Right. Oh, Lord. Yes. So once you get your four votes out of nine, you're in the Supreme Court. So quick overview, really quick, how in the hell a case gets to the Supreme Court or most cases. So court, the Supreme Court is going to have either original with the special cases that are in the Constitution written by the founding fathers or appellate jurisdiction, which is what most cases get to get get to the court through. <laughs> and that's going to usually be through the federal appeals process. So district court, circuit court, then Supreme Court. The losing party will apply for a writ petition, 
or excuse me, they'll petition for writ, ask the court, tell the court why they should hear the case. The opposing party will explain to the court why they shouldn't hear the case. So in that writ petition, that's when you would have them writing like, hey, this is a case of national importance. We need to find out who the president is, which that's a special circumstance. But, you know, and like in I'll go back to the one we've been using and Gonzalez v. Race. It's like, you know, hey, the law's been invalidated. You know, the losing party right. was like, hey, this is invalidating federal law. So that at that point in those petitions is when they would make those arguments. Okay. So then you have the opposing party explain to the court why the court shouldn't hear the case. Like, you know, it's not that important, whatever. Damn. The court goes, reviews all the documents. That's a dirty game. Vote, yeah, four out of nine, you're fine. So that is how in the hell most cases get to the Supreme Court. Any basic questions for? Nah. I honestly no. I think I think that sums it up pretty well. Well, y'all, it's been Camera Whatever and Kijo Guapo, and we hope you learned something. And tune in next time to how in the hell the U.S. functions.